Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Tim Pachote. Tim, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to do this, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Tim is a CFP, a CRPC, the president of Crypto Self Direct, the host of the Liberty Advisor podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Tim, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. So I'm Tim Pichot. I uh, live in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I'm also known as a crypto wealth advisor because what I uh, have been helping people to do the past uh, few years is or what I initially uh, really got into was I saw how cryptocurrency could really have the potential to change the world in many different aspects. And I also realized that there was a lot of people out there who had significant gains in their uh, in their Bitcoin, um, in particular in cryptocurrencies. And I thought that, you know, hey, there's got to be a good way for these people to get their money into the economy without getting killed on taxes. So I built a wealth management practice that was probably uh, definitely not traditional, where I went after the cryptocurrency early adopters and hardcore libertarians to uh, basically help them legally avoid taxes using different types of trust strategies. And uh, as I started doing this, the price of everything really exploded. So um, so now it's a, a term that a lot of people are aware of, but we've seen a lot of turmoil recently in the market. So I know, you know a lot of people have mixed feelings on that. But when it comes to uh, financial advising space, I've got a lot of uh, experience in the traditional market. And I wanted to be able to parlay that into the cryptocurrency space because I knew there was really nobody out there to help out those early uh, cryptocurrency adopters. Nice. So wanted to get just your, your thoughts on the history of, of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, because today everybody is certainly aware of it, but it sounds like you were one of the the early adopters and really saw value in it and, and were excited about it before maybe everybody else was. So I think that um, as we are talking today, the price of Bitcoin has 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 reached a it's 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 pretty low. So just your thoughts on how it moved from sort of an obscure thing to the mania that we've all experienced and saw to where we are today and maybe just a little bit of where you think it 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 and the the asset class may go. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And I think a lot of people, you know, before you should invest into anything, you should obviously know a lot about this. And what we saw was that a lot of people, uh, you know, towards this time last year, like basically exactly a year ago, got into it only because they thought that it was a get rich quick scheme or they had heard other people making thousands of percent on this. Uh, I first found out about it uh, probably when it was right around a dollar. Uh, you know, then I, there was, you know, I saw Mt. Gox collapse and I was, you know, thinking, oh man, I'm really glad I didn't get in because, you know, it went from, you know, and there's several times where it's collapsed 94%, 95%, 87%. So this isn't really the first rodeo for a lot of people. And, uh, and what really got me excited about the space in, as a whole is once I found out about Ethereum and the, uh, I guess the idea of what's called smart contracts where, it really came to me that it was a lot more than just you know fake money being passed back and forth. That there was actually a lot of different use cases for this, and you know, and really before I, I jumped in, you know, I, I probably could have written a book on this subject and really wanted to be aware of you know everything that there was that basically that cryptocurrency entailed. Uh, I wanted to learn how to store it. Wanted to understand the philosophy behind it. I already had a strong financial background. I had a 
pretty big distrust of the current financial system because I ended up starting my career the day Lehman Brothers crashed. And, uh, you know, I was on the class that won the national competition against the Federal Reserve. And so I was on all these, I had all these different data points going on in my life. But what I contrast that with, let's say, you know, right around this time last year, people were calling me up and I wasn't selling Bitcoin, so I don't know why they're calling me up, but they were calling me up and asking me, you know, how to get, how to get into this. And I would ask them, you know, what did you know about this? And basically it's, Hey, well, the price is going to, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and it's going to a million dollars. And that was pretty much the extent of, of what they knew. And then once I saw people calling for, uh, one of the cryptocurrencies is called ripple. Uh, I don't really have a great opinion of that, but people thought that that was going to go to $10. And I'm like, well, you do realize that there's, you know, a hundred billion ripple. And if, if this were $10 of ripple, that would be, you know, bigger than Apple at the time. Well, I guess right. now it is too. And so people just said, no, there's a complete divorce from reality. And so it's sort of, you know, unfortunate that, you know, that I guess the space has been stained, but you also had a lot of what they call ICOs or initial coin offerings, where instead of having an IPO, initial public offering, these people would write a white paper, maybe they'd spend a day or a few hours writing a white paper, tell everybody how they're going to change the world. Then people would give them like $50 million. And all of a sudden you're 22 years old and you've got $50 million. And guess what? You know, your world just changed and you didn't have to change anybody else's. So, you know, there's a lot of, definitely a lot of scams out there. Uh, you know, I don't know where the bottom's going to be, but you know, certainly the best time to buy is when there's blood in the streets, but you want to know what you're doing. You want to have a good education on this. Um, and I did actually, I've got a, a little video course on this that's free at my website and I've got a, a personal link for your, your audience too, that we can get to at the end. But you know, I think that that was like the big, the big problem is that people, you know, you never underestimate, you know, the greed that's out there and for the people willingness to get rich quick. And unfortunately, people just wanted to get rich quick without understanding the history. And the history of this is that several times it's gone down 90 percent before. So if you can't handle that, then this probably isn't the space for you. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. You you referenced a, a Mt. Gox and I don't I, I'd never heard that before. I still don't know what it is, but I assume that you just that that means it's a Lehman Brothers type event. Uh, that was a big time Lehman Brothers type event. Uh, it was sort of, um, yeah, I mean, I guess what, what Mount Cox was, it might be easier to describe is basically that is where everybody would go to buy their Bitcoin back in the day. And they were the ones who stored, they, a lot of people had their, their Bitcoin stored on Mount Cox. And so it's important because what you want to do and how you want to store it is you want to do what's called cold storage, where you actually have it in your possession. It's maybe on, they have these, they sell these little devices where it's essentially a glorified USB. You can take your cryptocurrencies off the, you know, I guess off the, the internet, if you will, onto your own device. And then that device, uh, you know, it can't be hacked if it's not, you know, connected to the internet. Contrast that with a hot wallet, which is what Mt. Gox was, where, you know, if hackers got in there, they could steal stuff. And that's exactly what happened. A lot of other backstory that your listeners probably don't care about that that went on with that. But but it was, you know, it's, it's sort of like if you imagine, you know, let's say there's only one place to get stocks. And then, you know, let's say, you know, TD Ameritrade was the only place in the world you can get stocks. And all of a sudden TD Ameritrade is, you know, hacked and everybody loses all their stock. I mean, so it was a big time, uh, you know, a huge you know, just Lehman Brothers catastrophic type event. And, and the fact that we're able to recover from that at all, you know, just shows the strength of the underlying market, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that that's, that's extremely interesting. So, and I bet that, that the majority of the population, if not the vast majority, has no concept, because I really don't have a very good concept of what the, the actual track record has been, the ups and the downs. Um, 
So I think that that's definitely worth investigating for people. So where where the price of a lot of crypto assets is today, I, I, I guess my question is, what do you really view as the actual uses of them moving forward? And what is it that would cause the value to go up aside from simply just blind speculation? Yeah, so that's a good question. So one of the real life use cases, I mean, a lot of your listeners are probably either into the stock market or they're into money if they're listening to the Money Savage podcast. And (laughs) what I think is probably going to happen in the future is that instead of buying the S&P 500 and getting, you know, let's say you buy the SPY, I'm just throwing it out there not telling anybody to, you know, all the standard caveats. Instead of buying the S&P 500 like you do today, what will probably happen in the future is you'll probably end up buying all 500 stocks. And the reason why you'd want to do that is there are certain tax loss uh, harvesting that you could do because every year, I mean, let's say, you know, maybe 20 percent of the stocks in the S&P are down. Then what you could do is you could just sell those 20 build up losses to offset future gains. But right now it would be incredibly cost prohibitive to do so. I mean, at five bucks a trade, you're looking at $2,500 to do that. But through the blockchain, you could basically probably make that same transaction for maybe pennies or let's even round it up to a dollar or even five dollars. I mean, so so now you're looking at a system where uh, like today when you go and trade a stock, usually it takes, uh, you know, they call it T, which is the transaction date plus two days. Uh, so they call it T plus two. Well, now it's getting down to T zero where you can actually trade uh, instantaneously and and where you can tokenize different assets. So you're already seeing different uh, types of real estate in New York City where you've got uh, a $30 million piece of property, which not in New York City is probably not even that big of a place, but you've got a $30 million, let's say, you know, apartment, small apartment building. And if you want to buy, you know, $15 worth of that uh, apartment building, you can do so now. Uh, And it's a so I see the tokenization of assets being a real life use case going forward. Also, whether it's you know land titling, uh, identity management, even probably voting in the future. Uh, I mean, you're you're we're both in Arizona. We saw you know how long it took just to tabulate all the votes over here, and doing that through the blockchain would be incredibly fast. uh, cloud storage, uh, AI, you know, whether it's, you know, having a true immutable history, immutable meaning you can't change it. Because uh, how this all works is essentially what blockchain is or Bitcoin or crypto kind of using all that interchangeably. It is a advanced accounting system where somebody can't just, uh, it's, it's almost like a group text message. So let's say you've got 200 people on a group text message and what a nightmare that would be having 200 different people in there. Right. But if everyone, but let's say, you know, I email the message or I send the message to you and, and maybe I can send a picture, maybe I can send a meme or whatever. And everyone on that, on there has a copy of that. So if you want to go back and say, well, Hey, I didn't really see that. And then, well, it's like, yeah, well, we know you said that because in matter of fact, there's 200 other copies of you out there saying that. And so it's a very similar system where you've got all these different nodes who have a basically a record of what was said or what was transacted. So that way one bad actor can't go in there and basically start lying and say, well, no, I really sent $10 over there. I didn't send 10 over there because everybody has an actual accounting of what was sent. And so there's a lot of real life use cases that are much, much more beyond the fact that it's, uh, you know, fake money being transmitted back and forth. Got it. So this idea of tokenization, I, I didn't realize that that was actually taking place. I, I understand the concept behind it. And that would certainly, um, 
Well, I, I guess I'll just ask the question. Like, let's look into the future a couple of years or even six months. Whenever it happens that you're able to buy a basket of crypto assets, kind of like the S&P 500, you can buy an ETF of crypto, and then you you, you put tokenization in there as well, um, not in the same investment, just just that, that those would exist. Do you think that that would potentially have the effect of reducing volatility? It seems to me that that might. Uh, I mean, it's such a small asset class that I think until we get to the point where we're into the trillions of dollars, you're going to see a lot of volatility. Because, I mean, if, if a billion dollars moves out of the stock market, I mean, yeah, it's going to have an effect, but not a huge effect. But if a billion dollars moves out of crypto, you know, that could be, you know, depending on what the market cap today is, that's probably, you know, almost 1%. Right. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, it's probably around, around $140 billion, but depends on what second, I guess, you're looking at it. Um, so it's just a, such a small market cap right now. But what I, I do think that once an ETF eventually comes, and it'll probably be at first a Bitcoin ETF, just the fact that everybody's been saying that that will be the catalyst will probably create some sort of Pygmalion effect where just because you're saying it, it will it will become true. And I, I think that, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, having an ETF or not, I don't think is the end all end all be all. And part of the problem with having an, an ETF is that you're not going to actually control the private keys. So let's say, uh, you know, when, when Bitcoin uh, forked off into Bitcoin cash, and that's a whole separate rabbit hole, the some of the users who uh, were on these different exchanges or different hot wallets, they weren't actually able to get their Bitcoin cash for maybe months. And actually, the exchanges didn't really even have any obligation to even give them their Bitcoin cash. Whereas if you actually control the private keys, then you're in control of what's happening with your own funds. And so part of what we're doing, not to kind of parlay this and how we're helping people out, is by having retirement funds where, and again, I, I don't think that anyone should put all of their money into cryptocurrencies. That kind of goes without saying. But if you wanted to take a small portion of your uh, retirement nest egg, put it into crypto, we could get it into, invested into such a way where you would actually hold on to the private keys so you wouldn't be exposed. But of course, I think I do think an ETF would be a catalyst for the market going up. Uh, other assets being tokenized, you know, part of the stock market being tokenized. And I think the more, uh, you know, think of some of these as as railroads and the more you know demand there is for people to put their rail cars or their trains on your railroad, the more uh, valuable the railroad will be. So some of these cryptocurrencies are more like uh, railroads and some of them are more like the rail cars. So you see these different tokens, the tokens are more like the rail car, whereas uh, something like Ethereum is more like the railroad that people put their their rail cars on. So um, hopefully that example makes some sort of sense to your audience, but uh, it is a very complicated subject. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the railroad example. That was actually going to be my next question: is is how you explain this to people? And I know that that we're not giving specific advice to anyone, and everybody's situation is 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 unique. But how do you explain to people like, listen, this is shouldn't be everything, but potentially you should if if it's of interest to you have a portion of your of your money in this is there a way that that you typically will explain it to people well typically i'm trying to go after the people who have like 100 percent of their money into crypto and i'm trying to tell them hey maybe we should you know lower some of that down a little okay. bit so i'm not really trying to go after people who don't know it but i am an evangelist in terms of uh you know, touting out its potential benefits. And, and a lot of those benefits are, you know, if I get into the stock trading example we just talked about or the text message example or the railroad example to give them something more of a, a tangible actual use case, then all of a sudden at that point they will, uh, 
see some sort of value. And actually one of the, probably a good place to start with this would be, uh, you know, initially I was talking to this about my father-in-law and I mean, and you might as well have been, uh, you know, he wanted absolutely nothing to do with this conversation, but he was up here for Thanksgiving, just left last night. And he actually out of the blue asked me, he's like, Hey, I heard that Walmart is going to the blockchain for all their producers. What does that mean? Uh, so Walmart's going to be using Bitcoin. So he had basically had no idea. And so uh, recently, you know, we saw that uh, well, there's like a big like romaine lettuce scare that was going on, I think, right. or some yeah. sort of lettuce scare uh, that was going on. And through the blockchain, what what they could what they could do is if if um, you know they were able to basically each uh, lettuce producer, because I'm sure there's people all over the country growing lettuce in different locales. And the problem is, without having an, a proper accounting of where that head of lettuce came from. Uh, they have to kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater. And when there's one of these scares, they just get rid of carte blanche, all their, all their produce. Whereas if they put this on the blockchain or it was already implemented, it probably in a matter of minutes, they'd be able to track down to, Hey, you know, we know that this head of lettuce that was tainted came from this field. And therefore we're going to go and track down where the shipment of just from that field went and then eradicate, you know, that small portion of, of produce as opposed to, you know, a nationwide lettuce scare. And so that's a real life, you know, type use case. And Walmart actually has forced their uh, produce suppliers to go onto the blockchain. I'm not sure the time frame that they might have uh, a year or two to do that. But, you know, that just shows one major example of a, you know, a, a household name company that is using the blockchain to make their own supply chain management more efficient. I like it. I think that the more people hear about that, then the more comfortable they'll probably become to your point. So excellent. Well, Tim, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I think that, you know, kind of reiterating what we've been talking about, but I think the difference-making tip is that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is a lot more than just fake money being passed back and forth. People, the first time they hear about it, like myself even, thought that it was sort of a crazy concept and, you know, hey, why would I abandon this dollar for this fake virtual money? But but the difference-making tip is that there are a lot more actual use cases for this in real life. And the money we have today is already basically digital. And so it kind of comes down to, you know, in the future, do you want your own private money uh, that that is uncensorable? Or do you want money that's tracked, traced, surveilled by the government? And it's probably a good idea to have a little bit of both. Uh, but, you know, don't go go all in anything and always research what you do before uh, before you do anything. Don't take anybody's advice. Don't take anybody's hot tip and, you know, do the own research. And if you don't understand it, then you shouldn't invest in it and you should invest in more education to actually learn about what you're putting your hard, hard dollars to work for. I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Tim. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? You guys can go to www.thelibertyadvisor.com. And if you do forward slash money savage, there's actually a directory to a free, I believe it's a two week video course where every day I send out a new video on cryptocurrencies. And, uh, and that's a great place where you can start your education. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Tim your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to libertyadvisor.com. And I will also list the uh, the link that he referenced in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Tim. Thank you for having me, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.